0: You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood Redefined. From Los Angeles, California, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influences. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood Redefined. You're listening to Black And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, next.
1: Do you like that song? No. I don't know what it means. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Happy Friday, everyone.
1: Happy Friday! Welcome to another episode of BHL Next, where we talk about all the hottest artists and up and coming people that you need to know. And no, this day is no different. We have a lovely guest. But before we get into our beautiful guest that you can't see right now, go ahead and head over to our YouTube so you can see all of the shows that we've done so far. We're also on iTunes and SoundCloud. We're everywhere. And if you're watching right now, use the hashtag BHL Next to keep the conversation going. If you have any questions for our guest, so today I am. I am joined by the lovely Moniece Slaughter, who is gorgeous, talented, and you guys know her from VH1's Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. How are you, love?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: Very good. Okay, so this is actually one of my favorite songs, but I just want to let everybody know that you have some vocals that are off the charts. Thank you. Very good. I listened to one of her covers, Rihanna's Bitch Had right at My Money cover, and song. you killed it. Literally. I saw Thank some you. of the comments. Wow.
2: I Comments on the comment. Yeah, they
1: have like. A, if you're listening I don't, to
2: it, I'm so like technologically illiterate <laughs> that I didn't even know people could comment.
1: Yeah, and they'll tell you the exact part that they're commenting on. Like, it'll be right on, she hit this note, and then you can oh, see the comments. It's kind of cool. have to figure it out. Definitely. Okay, so on next, what we do is talk about the upcoming things in casting, music, all of that jazz. So today's no different. Let's go ahead and talk about some casting news. So right now, Spike Lee, who is extremely <laughs> talented, he has a new movie called Chirac that's coming out, and it's based on all the violence happening in Chicago, but the cast on this new movie... Movie is amazing. We have Wesley Snipes, Nick Cannon, Jennifer Hudson, Angela Bassett, and Samuel L. Jackson all in
2: one movie. Okay, who who? What? No, say it one more time. We have
1: Samuel L. Jackson Angela Bassett Jennifer Hudson Wesley Snipes and Nick Cannon all in one movie okay and the reason that why this movie is so great is because it is Amazon's first original film that they're ever putting on Amazon so a pretty big deal and the cast in my opinion is amazing are you gonna go see it?
2: Is it in the movies or is it just? Is it going to go to the movie theater? No, or it's just gonna on go Amazon? straight to
1: Amazon. Yeah, then yeah, buy film. it. You buy it? Okay, yeah. good, good, good. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about some fresh beats since you are a singer, Miss Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, today, actually, uh, Janet Jackson released her first music video that we have. The last time we saw this was like in 2010. So today is a huge day. Her song "No Sleep" featuring um, J Cole. Let's go ahead and look at that one. Okay, so that was a little snippet. But Janet Jackson is literally giving me 90s vibe with this hair. Like, she looks like, so good.
2: I love that track. Like, I am I have to, like, get the song because I need to know who produced the track. I heard it on the radio. Mm-hmm. And I just love it. I think she's, like, she's the perfect example of how artists can have longevity mm-hmm. in the business. Because she's stuck with her sound. Yeah. Like, that's a classic Janet Sound Like, when you yes. listen to Janet from when she first started and then, you know, now, even with that, and whoever she worked with is a genius. I know she was working with uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I don't know if she's still working with them, but mm-hmm. if she is, then
0: Kudos that's to awesome. Yeah. yeah,
2: because, I mean... She's been able to evolve without losing her sound. And yes. I think that's, like, so important, and it's so hard to do.
1: Yeah, especially for someone that's coming back. It's been years since we've seen Janet do something. But she's iconic. She is. She so can come back she when she she's, puts like, out 70. You like? <laughs> <laughs> anything she puts on you like?
2: Mm, no, I can't <laughs> lie. But most of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always like her visuals. Yeah,
1: every time. I mean, on the staircase, she was kind of giving me a vibe. Was it from nothing? I don't know. She just she's she just, kills it every time. yeah definitely okay so there's another one have you heard Pharrell's new song freedom no okay so this one is actually my favorite and the visuals match the song so well so let's listen to that one
2: Ooh. hold on to me don't let me go who cares what they see who cares what they know the first name is free last name is dumb but she will still believe where we're from
0: man's white power it's an every living thing man use your power spirit use your wings freedom Woo. freedom freedom freedom
1: freedom Perrault does it every time for me every time I feel like yeah. he puts out such a good message What
2: did you think about this track? I like the song, I like the message and I like Pharrell's visuals because he's so like proactive in the community Yes, and he involves the everyday person, like with the Happy video.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, everybody was singing that one for a long time. For a long
2: time, so I think that he's the perfect example of the power in actually connecting with
1: his audience, everyone. People. Yeah, exactly. Just in general. I mean, a lot of critics were saying that this is something that's like fighting against oppression, it's, you know, talking about not conforming. Yeah, and I like the fact that it
2: wasn't just geared towards black people.
1: Thank you that everybody can relate to I feel like it was so liberating. So Pharrell has a good way of including everyone. And at the times we're dealing with right now in our world, that is the perfect song to me because it's talking about freedom of all things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about the next big thing. I was talking to you earlier about Tinder, not the dating app, you guys, but there is a new app called Tinder with an E for our food app. So you can find your favorite recipe. Swipe right, swipe left if you don't like it. And I think it's kind of cool. What do you think?
2: I'm a foodie, <laughs> so I will definitely be downloading Tinder.
1: Mm-hmm. It was really cool because I found out that they were three college kids who actually made this app. So I'm just like, wow. Yeah, that college
2: was- kids are, like, on the rise. There's mm-hmm. this, like, school somewhere, like, overseas, I think, and three... Um, teenagers just invented a condom that glows in the dark.
1: I heard about that. I was <laughs> like, waiting detect
2: oh, an infection. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, genius. I don't know if mm-hmm. anybody
2: is going. Well, that. I don't know how that relates that. to Tinder, but kids are rising really, up. <laughs> they
1: really are, and that's so genius to play it off of something that we already know. So well, people are going to gravitate.
2: It's simple. It's funny. Like some of the most. Like, some of the biggest apps, some of the things that make people multimillionaire, damn near billionaires, are, like, everyday things. Yeah. You know? And that's what makes them so useful.
1: If If you had an app, which one would you come up with? Do you have any idea?
2: I would probably come up with an app... I don't know it would have to relate somehow to my sex toys oh my <laughs> gosh
1: we're gonna talk about that you guys if you guys Something. don't know already we're gonna talk about her sex toy line yes okay so let's go ahead and get to know you let's start mm-hmm. from the beginning so you unlike a lot of transplants in los angeles are a native mm-hmm. what was it like growing up somewhere where everybody's in the spotlight and you ended up going into singing what was it like growing up here
2: um that was really normal You know, Mm -hmm. I grew up in the business. And even though my dad is a gospel singer, I still got to rub shoulders with some of the biggest names in the business. Mm -hmm. I got, you know, mentoring from some of the biggest names from all different genres, from my dad to Brandi Norwood, um, you know, listening and learning from Layla Hathaway. Um, So that was just kind of run of the mill. And then like everyone at my high school, I went to high school with this guy named Flint coleman and his dad at the time was like one of the presidents of fuck <laughs> the president it was of some important. label Al- Al- Aaliyah and tank were on the same label oh, wow. black something black black something but yeah so that was like i went to school with um eric davis he was a baseball player his daughter my grandpa played professional baseball so that this, was just was this
1: a public high public
2: school, school. Wow. i went to el I- mclovin went to my high school <laughs> <laughs> um, America Ferrera went to my high school, so it was just, that wasn't abnormal
1: wow. for me. And then, you know, most people have, like, a, a high school stereotype, like one was a jock or a nerd, mm-hmm. or, what were you in high school?
2: Um, in the beginning, coming in, I was definitely an underdog. Really? Because I grew up in the Valley, and that was the first time that I had been, well, really it was junior high, was the first time that I was integrated with kids from the inner city. Mm-hmm
1: because you know like, they a, rode a the bus
2: yeah because they didn't like me and i really <laughs> didn't understand like why so you know it was weird but then as i got older i became very popular
1: how so which just was, like a drastic change
2: i don't know i think it was like i like my body filled out i was always one of the boys i was a gymnast so i was really built really muscular mm-hmm. really buff I cut off all my hair. I was rocking like the Jada Pinkett Smith
1: for a while in high school. I did it in junior high. Whoa! Yeah,
2: and my hair was literally to my butt crack, and I just chopped it all off before going into sixth grade. Oh, I
1: know people were talking about you, like girl, like crazy.
2: Yeah, and so once I got to high school, people started asking me like to go to prom, and I was only a freshman. I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what prom was. I was like, Dad, what is prom? He's like, You're not going. It's where (laughs) boys go to hook up with girls, and I'm like, Okay. I hate so that, I didn't that's even what he Yeah, I didn't even go to any of the dances. I didn't go out, I didn't party a lot. And then I think once I realized how pretty I was <laughs> humble brag, <laughs> <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> um, That's when I became like the popular girl mm-hmm. in school.
1: And then okay, from high school on, did you end up going uh going out to college and art school or anything like no, that? No,
2: I did take a tour of fit 'em mm-hmm. with my parents because I was a lot of people don't know that. I was really into fashion design. Yeah. And I made a lot of money, actually, in high school. Um, Tie-dyeing, hand-studying, hand-stitching.
1: Wow. Yeah, so... In my high school, the <clears> most <throat> that we had were just, like, the spray-paint shirts for games. No,
2: <laughs> like, I did all of that. And the dance teacher ended up, like, coming to me for... Like, my school was really popular for, like, the acadeca, like, the what is it? Athletic, athletic department, d- d- a- a- whatever <laughs> decathlon. Okay, At the de- decathlon. So we were like big with that. We won like all these years in a row, and the dance team was like a big deal. And they would go off to like state competitions, and you know all that stuff. So I, she came to me, and I would hand you know make the shirts for the dance team, and they bought them, and I made a lot of money. Like I think like my freshman and sophomore year mm-hmm. doing that. So I ended up not going to fit him because I ended up deciding to take the For musical Susan, route.
1: Like your family, mm-hmm. which is huge. Now, you actually mentioned a lot of different paths that you could have taken. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other careers in mind?
2: Um, I'm really into... It going to sound crazy. <laughs> I'm really into death. Death? Yeah. And like the human home. body. And so I considered when... After I had my son, I considered going to school for some type of forensics.
1: Wow. Yeah,
2: because I'm, it doesn't creep me out and I aced physiology, biology. So I'm like, I had no problem dissecting the cat and no. the frogs. So. I would have been
1: scared of you, girl. I hate blood. No. <laughs> yeah, I like,
2: I want to go to the crime scenes and like investigate the bodies and
1: would you ever even consider that now that you're in reality mm-hmm. TV? Oh, my god! Still, I still
2: <laughs> want to do it. I just can't afford to sit in school and not make money.
1: hmm Understood. So understood. that's, like,
2: that was really the reason I didn't do it right after having my son.
1: hmm So. And then let's go ahead and talk about your son. So mm-hmm. what did you learn from being a mom at that age?
2: Um... I really learned how strong I was because it's a common misconception. I, you know, I'm, his dad and I weren't together when I found out I was pregnant. His dad had actually broken up with me. Mm -hmm. And so I moved back home with my parents and in my household, when you made a decision, you dealt with the consequences. That didn't mean that like mom and dad weren't there to kind of help you through it, Mm -hmm. but the consequences were definitely your own to like live out. The cross was definitely mine to bear. So my parents weren't getting up in the middle of the night and his dad wasn't there physically Mm -hmm. with me every night. So that was really when I learned like, okay, I guess I can do it all because I was I'm also a control. Yeah, and I'm a control freak. So like I didn't want you know, and my son had health problems when he was born. So when he would nap, that's usually like a new mom's time to rest. You know, but I was, like, doing his laundry, cooking the dinner, or, you know, feeding myself, because I was breastfeeding. And then I was, like, paranoid, so I would sit up and, like, watch him sleep. So I was, like, going off no sleep, you know? And I learned how to just, for the most part, be pretty selfless. And it was... Second nature at that point.
1: Good. Did you have any role models at this time? Because that seems like a lot on one person. I understand tough love from your parents, but...
2: Mm, no. You didn't have
1: any role models at the
2: time? No. Wow. I just did what I had to do. Okay. But, I like, I can't say that my parents, like, obviously, if it weren't for them, like, letting me come back home, if it weren't for the fact that they'd raised three kids, if it weren't for the fact that my grandma's an RN and a psychiatric nurse and she helped deliver me, At the same hospital that my son was born in. Wow. So she helped deliver him.
1: Who can even say something like that? Yeah,
2: so she came over every day, you know, for me, the same way she did for my mom when I was born. So that was a great help. Good. So anytime there was, like, a medical issue, I would just call her and get the answers. And I had access to, like, the best medical treatment because of her and insurance too, but yeah, right. <laughs> I knew where to go, you know, yeah. so that was really awesome.
1: Okay, and since you, that, wow, can I just go ahead and applaud <laughs> you for being that strong? That's beautiful Thank actually. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about what you learned from those lessons throughout all of your childhood, not just having your son. Mm-hmm. What did you learn that you carried off into your adult life?
2: Um, I would really say that like my, and this sounds almost sociopathic but my ability that you're of me. no not in a like not in a murderous way okay. but like my ability to emotionally disconnect mm-hmm. is crazy you could have been a reporter the way that you keep <laughs> thank you no like it's really it helped me and still helps me like in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because there's really not much that gets to me and my mom also, like, always says, like, well, if the world were to, like, end and are the craziest, we play this game in my family, what if, and we come up with the craziest scenarios. And my mom's always like, well, if anyone can handle it emotionally, it would be you. So, wow.
1: And you're not just masking. That's just who you are. You just...
2: That's just me. It doesn't affect you.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: Well, I mean, I am very sensitive, like, at heart. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I am very sensitive. I'm very giving. My dad always says that I have a tendency to adopt other people's emotional You carry on <laughs> burdens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I pick up on that. I'm really intuitive. Um, that's one of my strong suits. But the minute I feel like something is or could be emotionally detrimental... Kind of the out. relationship at that point means nothing to me i just the switch goes off and it's done that was one of the reasons that i was able like my friends that have kids and they still deal with the baby daddy my son is 5 and you're like <laughs> and I, I haven't can i haven't dealt with his father intimately since i was like 2 or 3 months pregnant oh. so you know once it was dead for me it was dead
1: well, I wish all of us could just <laughs> cut off our feelings like you do, because that is really hard, especially for a woman. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about, I watched America's Next Top Model, mm-hmm. and when I found out that you were a part of the theme song, mm-hmm. the original theme song, mm-hmm. wow, how did that even happen for you?
2: My dad. Okay. Um, My godbrother um, and his dad, um, well, we grew up really, really close, his dad and my dad, um, were production partners and they still come together you know even now so it was something that was presented to one of them i don't remember one of the dads we call them cool daddies okay so it was either cool daddy <laughs> one or cool daddy squared and they brought me Golden in squared. yeah they brought me in and um you know i was like fresh out of high school so it was just a way for me to make money doing what i like to do so.
1: And that's everywhere. Yeah. Wow. I heard Tyra
2: like took credit for my vocals.
1: Oh, no. Uh, In a joking way or seriously? No,
2: like a for real way.
1: Oh, no. We got to clear she that for real, one up. She
2: for real didn't sing that.
1: We have to clear that no, one up. No, she didn't sing it. Okay. Did you ever say anything when they were saying that that was her? I was didn't she-
2: know until like I watched the show and I realized that like my name didn't roll. <laughs> oh no. But it was her name and I was like, Why? She said some words like you wanna be on top, but she actually didn't sing.
1: So she will get credit for a voiceover. Tyra, you need to stop. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so your cousin, we just talked about him. If you guys Stevie. watched Yes, Stevie, he actually joined us in studio mm-hmm. and was absolutely amazing. And so that pretty much tells me that you come from a long family of musical mm-hmm. talent. Um speaking of love and hip hop. Hollywood, how does that help you with singing?
2: Um, That's a toughie because unfortunately, you know, the show blew up off of drama and violence. And there haven't been, in my personal opinion, and (laughs) I'm probably going to dig myself a grave right now. But, you know, in my personal opinion, there's no real talent on any of the franchises. K Michelle is the only one that's, like, done it. Mm-hmm. Tamar Braxton did it. Um, and it's, it gets hard because when you have a real talent, it's overshadowed by the drama. The drama. Mm-hmm. And I just have this theory that no one in this world who is uber successful what they do, no, regardless of what it is, none of us are fully, like, we're not sane. Like, mm-hmm. we all have severe emotional issues, which is why one of the things that makes us so creative. And Love and Hip Hop Hollywood captures that as well. Mm-hmm. But that part is so intriguing to, to people. Oh, okay. oh to the, the drama and everything. Yeah, to the viewers. So, I, like, I have issues with my mom. I have issues... Like crazy issues, you know, and so America would rather see that in most cases. But you know, I was just talking to my God brother yesterday, and when you have undeniable talent, you just can't lose. No, you like, there's no way. And the opportunities that come to us as individuals on this show are solely based off of how you portray yourself. Mm-hmm. So they can say I'm crazy. They, the viewers. But the one thing you don't hear them say is that I can't sing, yeah. that I'm ugly, that I'm stupid, that I'm ratchet. She's crazy, but stings her face off. Mm-hmm. She's crazy, but she's smart as hell. She's crazy, but she's insanely articulate. So I can't lose. You can't. Because I sing my face off. Oh, she really does. I sing does. my face off and I feel like there's a fine line between humility and arrogance And I'm just in the place now where I'm owning who I am. Like, I do sing. I do write. I do create. I am a creative. And I don't find shame anymore in broadcasting that in proudly. And I feel like I haven't heard anyone who come from any of the franchises whose album I would want to buy, single I would want to buy, shirt or show I would want to go to. Merchandise I would oh, want to buy. Oh my
1: goodness! Wow. So,
2: I mean, K. Michelle. Kay Michelle sings. K. Michelle's a good singer, and that's it. <laughs> I y- like her your body. Your facial
1: expressions tell me everything. <laughs> I like her body, oh
2: but but the proof is in the pudding. She's she's winning mm-hmm. three shows. You know, she's winning so.
1: And you, I feel like, you, I would say that you use this as a platform, but um, would you say that you use it as a platform?
2: I'm definitely using it as a platform season two. Okay. Because I just feel like it's now or never. I'm getting older. I'm not getting younger. And the competition is insane. hmm And that's just what it is. So I feel like I want to come back with a banger. or I don't want to come back at all. I would rather let it go completely Mm-hmm. and do something else and just do music for fun mm-hmm. and that's my oh you should f-
1: never do it for that, fun well, You're that, too good. my
2: fight with the labels is that i've paid my dues i've done my due diligence and at this point i'm not in it for superstardom if that comes great when i was 16 17 yeah who didn't want to be beyonce exactly you know what i mean but i had a vision for myself then and the labels you know When I was seven, uh, uh, like, right out of high school, I was like, you know, I want to do, like, some type of, like, rock. Like, I wanted to be mainstream. I, I was really, I wanted to be really dark. That's just how I felt. And the labels were like, well, you're black. There's no market for that. Oh, no. And then Rihanna, you know, Fifi Dobson had gone, like, downhill. So I cut all my hair off again to be more edgy yeah and then rihanna came out with good girl gone bad and she was on the cover with short hair so i was like well now can i do it and they were like well rihanna's doing it i was like well let me get in there and like dominate real quick because that was her first like you know pop album Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and they shot me down and then i was like well okay let me go like a little bit darker and they were like no and then she came out with rated r and I was like, you guys, like,
0: this, this, it's something. almost, it's almost
2: too late. And then I was like, you know, let me kind of like do both. And then Chris Brown did, I think it was like the Fame album mm-hmm. where he had like a mixture of everything. So I was like, OK, well, he opened the door. Now it's like wide open. So now I'm just to the point where it's like if you're going to stifle my creativity, then I would rather just do it for the love. Yeah. So that's where I am now. And I don't want to sing any song that I don't like. I want to do what I like, because what I like um, is what everyday people can relate to, and that's my goal, musically, is Mm. to touch somebody, so... If it charts, it charts. If it doesn't, it doesn't. If you don't find the value in what I do, then your label's not the place for me. I can do it by myself.
1: Exactly. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I... Hey now. All of that, all of that was good. Um, but you're actually multi-talented. So mm-hmm. if you, for everybody that doesn't know, if she actually does screenwriting and you've done, you've pinned for Marcus Houston and Akon. Mm-hmm. Would you see yourself doing, focusing more on that or you're just about to go no. full-fledged? in no. this, Okay.
2: I don't want to write for anybody else Mm -hmm. because, like I said, the space that I'm in, to write for somebody else, you have to connect with that person, you have to step outside of yourself and kind of put yourself in their shoes, Mm -hmm. and I don't really care enough about anybody else right now to do that. So, I mean, I would rather do it for me, and if you're not feeling how I'm feeling, then I can't write you. A song that fits you Mm -hmm. because we're not on the same wavelength and i don't want to get on yours
1: well there you go (laughs) oh gosh well (laughs) i want to know uh what are you doing in preparation for this you have an ep that's coming out Mm -hmm. and is that in fall um yes i'm
2: shooting for i'm like i'm trying to wrap it up i'm almost done it was quality over quantity for me good so i'm it's five songs that's it and um i just shot the video for the first single Riches. And it's amazing. I wrote it. My godbrother produced it. Um, I did the treatment for the video. I did the creative direction. Um, my best friend, Ben Mark shot it. So it's really, really dope because... He knows what I like mm-hmm. so it was, it was really just in preparation for dropping the whole EP was finding like a team of people that aren't going to push me to do anything that I don't want to do right. but instead nurture my vision and bring that to life just the way I had it in my head and um, I just did another record so I, I'm really just writing I haven't worked with it well I worked with one other writer um, Malcolm Harvest and I featured Mike J on this new song that I'm actually prepping now called Body Bag oh. and it was a song that I did on my first mixtape Slaughterhouse and I pulled it and I'm redoing it and I added Mike J as a feature he's like a baby tank he sings his face off <laughs> yes. yes so I threw Mike J on there and I ended up working with um, a producer named Bluetooth who like redid the track for me and Malcolm came in and helped me like tweak the lyrics a little bit. And that's actually my favorite song of mine. So mm-hmm. I just like refused to let it go. Oh <laughs> so I redid that. And then, um, I did another song called Hallelujah, which ironically wow. is very ratchet. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh and <laughs> very, um, opposite of like what you would think based okay, off of the so title. So
1: I we saying ratchet is like, Kind of turn up music, or it's, is it similar it's, like, Erica like it's one, I Love God? Oh no,
2: no, no! <laughs> it is not kind of turn up. It's all the way turn up. It's really explicit, Whoa. and um, I love it. I would say that was my second favorite. You know, club records for me, or what people might consider like a radio hit. Mm-hmm. Um, those aren't things that I like seek out, but I heard it, and it just it the bass hit you. really hard, and I was like, I'm gonna do it? that. This so. Is it? Yeah.
1: Okay, so what can people expect from this EP coming out? What's the vibe of it? Because we talked about um, you wanted to do rock at one point. Mm -hmm. So what can they expect from this one? You
2: know what? I was trying to go in an emotional progression. um, And then it just got... It felt too contrived, too controlled. So I just started doing what I felt Mm -hmm. on any given day. (laughs) So um, you'll hear... I mean, I would definitely say it's within the realm of R&B, but not classic r and B. I'm not like, ooh, okay. yeah, 90s R&B. So <laughs> I like that, though. Yeah, Yeah, like- no, I do love 90s R&B, but I'm actually trying to track Stevie down and, like, get his schedule together because I do want to do um, one extremely musical record, and that's just, like, the last piece. Mm-hmm. So there is, you know, my, like, I would say current R&B... I've got the Ratchet Turnip and, you know, there's somewhere in the middle there. Like I said, Body Bag is a love song that I think everybody can connect with. It's just when the love is dead, it's dead.
1: Okay, so you know. this is coming from real experience. Yeah. Okay. All good. of it is,
2: except for Hallelujah. Oh, why?
1: <laughs> <'Cause I'm laughs> so hard.
2: Yeah. The the hook is just so ratchet, and it's talking about like banging on a bed of money. I've never done that, but I would <gasps> love to one day. Funny. <gasps> so rich dollars better bust it out. You know what I mean? Oh, Get to it.
1: stop, stop, stop. Are you guys still dating? <laughs>
2: yes, we are. You are
1: good, good, good. Good to know that that's on the rise. Mm-hmm. And um, you actually, he shared like publicly some messy stuff. How did you guys handle all? of
2: that what messy stuff what did i miss
1: just like on social media he's always been um open about his romantic relationships mm-hmm. and you're okay with it
2: no i mean you he ch- talk about it well you know when you come across a woman like me <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to deal with the messy mm-hmm. so it's really you know again i like i always go back to like where i am and where i am is that I am not getting, I'm not old, I'm 28, but I'm not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. And I'm in this place now where it's like, I've been through the messy. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done the messy. Like, I've, I'm definitely a one man woman, and I definitely want a one woman man. And it's at this point my way or the highway.
1: Mm-hmm. And how do so you guys I've, keep the messy out of that relationship?
2: My way. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not even like, petty things like blocker or this and that. It's like, look, if you're going to build with me, all that needs to happen is like a discussion. You know, so you told me what it was and what I'm seeing contradicts what you say. Mm -hmm. So now I need you to do X, Y, Z or this isn't going to work out. And then because you didn't want to do it my way, you could hit the highway. So Mm -hmm. Rich has been very accommodating in doing what I have not 'Cause I didn't ask, I pretty much demanded. <laughs> Put my little se- <laughs> size sevens down and was like, This is it yes. you know, so he got with it. So as long as we stay on that track, we'll be fine. But as far as, you know, that guy, Johnny Blaze, like I, I don't we're not worried about that anymore. So Good. we've got a we've got a new phone number and
1: That's how you do it. Block them out your life. Good, all the way. (laughs) And then, are you and Little Fizz still on good terms? Are you co-parenting? Or we
2: are on good terms. Um, Yeah, we're on good terms, and it's actually made it a lot easier to Mm co-parent. Now we kind of like fight over who's going to get them, like who gets more time.
1: Oh, that's so good. Yeah, so.
2: That's been a blessing. And then just to have my son back with me, like, it's another common misconception is that, like, I don't have custody. So, like, just to clear the air. I have had joint custody. Yes, I have had joint custody of my son since he was, like, two. Mm -hmm. And he's five and a half. So, um, when things got hard for me, I I had to have less time. But it wasn't no time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, America likes to call me weekend mom, whatever. Um, You know, like I said, they don't know what transpired before the custody battle. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like he got custody because he's dad of the century. He got yeah. custody because I was dealing with things at home. And um that directly affected that. And so now that I'm, you know, on my own in a new home... Um, And I'm able to provide financially, you know, adequately for my son. That was really the whole goal is for me to, like, get it together. Yeah. Because what good does, you know, I would be... They say I'm a weekend mom. They say I'm a deadbeat. But then if I was dragging my kid with me around with no money... And then no car. Have something to say about then that they too. would be like, "Bitch, oops, sorry. you can say it's. Fine. Oh, well, bitch! <laughs> let him next. let him go with his dad. Then you know, so that's what I did because mm-hmm. that was the safer alternative for my child. So, you know, now he's back with me, and we do the week on, week off, and he drives me crazy, and he's a handful. <laughs> Five, and he's, yeah, S.O., yeah, he's very much like me, very opinionated. <laughs> his will is insane. Um, but he's really smart, too smart for his own good. Aww. So, you know,
1: we're okay. trying to
2: get on the same page.
1: Good, good, good. So, for everybody out there, keep your... Stay out of everybody's business. That's what I have to say. Stop I mean, I can't really... Because I hate when people don't know the situation and then they yeah, make their but, own Yeah, but, you judgment. know, I've just
2: learned not to blame them because they know what they've seen. Mm-hmm. They know what they've heard. And that doesn't always make it true. You know, so... Yeah. Factual would be, like, when some of these ugly people come on my Instagram and they're like, oh, my God, you're a deadbeat. Well, you don't know that for a fact, but I know for a fact that you're ugly. Stop. (laughs) You know what I mean? so it's like, I know for a fact that your face is ugly, and I know for a fact that you're ugly inside, or you wouldn't be under this post running your ugly lips, you know? so.
1: Oh, Instagram, YouTubers, they try to go in and they have no reason to. It's okay. You gotta ignore it. Yeah. So let's talk about reality TV. Mm-hmm. So you have really been in the spotlight for a majority of your relationship. How has that affected you and what do you hope to see in season two?
2: My relationship with what?
1: Your relation, like all of your relationships. Mm-hmm. How has reality TV affected your day-to-day relationships? My
2: circle is definitely non-existent. Mm-hmm. Um, and even long term relationships are definitely shifting. Some of those people I do business with, um, what I'm experiencing now is a sense of entitlement from people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, business is business. So I feel like friendships are falling by the wayside. Um, I feel like.
1: And do you think reality TV had anything to do Everything. with it? Everything to do with mm-hmm. it? Wow. Everything.
2: So, I'm now just learning how to accept people for who they are, love them from a distance, and all the while reminding them that I don't owe you shit. Mhm. So, you're welcome. So, you would know? you
1: if you could go back a few years, would mm-hmm. you consider doing it knowing what you know now?
2: Reality? Absolutely. My friend, like, growing up, my friends were always like, you belong on somebody's show somewhere. So when I was able to announce that I had been casted season one, um, my friends were texting me like, yo, this is our worst nightmare. Like, <laughs> it come true. Like, all, the, you're crazy. Like, the world is just not ready. And I was like, no, they're fine. They're, it'll be fine. <laughs> oh, it's gosh. fine.
1: So what advice would you give to somebody else that wants to get into reality TV or that's starting?
2: Be yourself. Like one hundred percent be yourself. Air yourself out before they can air you out. You know? That's good. And advice. just like own it. Like I had to go in there like I'm a hot mess. That's just <laughs> what it is. My hot mess, so yeah, and I'll like, be
1: unapologetic.
2: I'm not welcoming by nature. Um you know, I just kinda put it out there because if you don't it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And that's why some of the storylines, you know, people say like, Oh, it's scripted. We're not scripted at all. And if there is a script, I, for damn sure, haven't seen one. And they probably know that if they were going to give people scripts, not to give me one. So, you know, I just kind of feel like being yourself works. Minding your business works. Staying in your lane, in your little bubble, it works. Like, I wasn't, I didn't care, like, who was sleeping with who and who was Doing this and doing that, like I had real life issues going on, Mm -hmm. and so all that frivolous, ridiculousness was not like it. I think, like,
1: what?
2: Yeah. So you just you don't
1: hold back. No, I just
2: I'm I keep to myself. Like I'm nice to everybody. I'm cordial. Um, I came in, you know, and I would definitely remind people who want to do reality, like, if given the opportunity, you didn't go there into the situation with friends Mm -hmm. you're not there to make friends and you'll probably leave without friends you're there to collect a check like this is my job Mm -hmm. my job just so happens to be blasting my business to millions of people once a week for a certain amount of time and being put under a microscope and subjecting myself to public scrutiny that's what it is that's what comes with it so sack up get ready because it's People are evil Mm -hmm. and people are lost in this world. So you just pray for him. Hallelujah. Won't he do it? (laughs) And, you know, at that point, you just you just truck on, just keep on keeping on because it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. You chose it. And that's just it. So for me, I just put it all out there. I own all my flaws, all my glory, all my splendor, all my horrible, horrendousness, all my secret ratchetness. You know, I just, I own it. And you just have to own it.
1: And then what has your family said about you being on reality TV? Have they made any comments about certain episodes?
2: My biological father has never watched. Um, My mom and dad, well, my stepdad, but he's my dad. Um, My dad doesn't really watch. He has a hard time because I'm just so vulgar, oh, okay. but I don't know why he has a hard time. Like, we're vulgar. Like, my family is, like, off the wall. Like, we mm-hmm. talked about elongated clitorises at Thanksgiving dinner, so I just don't know. You know, like why he would be so shocked? Is if that like isn't <laughs> because who I've you're always out been their
1: secrets. That's it's why. not there. Well, I mean, it
2: because I was raised in a very liberal household. Mm-hmm. You know, and my brother came home and talked about his first like oral experience, like receiving oral, like at dinner. You know, we talk about like the high part of your day, the low part of your day. The high part of his day was that he like got to experience that for the first time wow. at a party, and like he walked us through it. You know. And my mom, yeah, my mom had some, (laughs) like, he walked us through it, and my mom had, like, some questions at the end, like, does the girl still talk to you at school? And my brother was like, well, you know, not really. And my mom was like, oh, don't worry. Like, she wants to, but she just has your babies, like, her... his afro is growing in her throat so she can't you know like things like that that's how we talk in my family that's how we grew up in my family and I think because of that I was a really late bloomer like I didn't have my first kiss till two weeks after my 17th birthday I didn't lose my virginity until well after I graduated high school you know so so
1: they prepared you for
2: I would definitely (laughs) say they did and they didn't even know it you know that I was about to be a secret you know smart ratchet on national television so i just feel like my mom you know my mom and i used to watch love and hip-hop new york and love and hip-hop atlanta together well really love and hip-hop atlanta i love jocelyn
1: oh wow yeah
2: she's like my favorite
1: I don't know what to say about
2: that. I love, I love her. (laughs) She's the baddest Boosh, as she she would say.
1: (laughs) She is very unapologetic. I can say that, and
2: that's what you know. What and I think that's really why I like her. She's a perfect example of just what I said earlier. Mm -hmm. Like she put it all out there. She's not afraid to bear it all. She doesn't care what people have to say, and she's not sorry.
1: Well, okay.
2: And look at her little. She's been. She's
1: kind of blown up. She's doing it. And then, while we were talking about clitorises, let's Mm -hmm. talk about your sex toy line. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, tell me about it, and um, what made you get into that industry?
2: What made me get into that industry was uh, uh, two things. Thinking that I was a lesbian. Mm -hmm. You thought,
1: or Uh, others thought.
2: No, me, I thought. And it's weird, because I am attracted to girls, Mm women, women. Um, but I just can't bring myself to put like my face in a vagina. Was I allowed to say that?
1: You are so allowed to say it. i okay. just, you just are hilarious. i sorry. <laughs> no,
2: I just can't bring myself to like, I can't bring myself to like, you know, like I hyped myself up in the mirror. Like I was dating this girl for seven months. Like she lived with me and everything. And like I hyped myself up in the mirror and I was like, you're going to do it. Like I watched lesbian porn and I was like, okay, see how they did it. You know, I was like, okay, like scissor sexing seems like a little just too like weird, wow. you know, and I was just like, I was going to do it. And then like I went to go touch it and then she like freaked out and then it just oh, was, it was just odd. Man. Maybe she just
1: just ruined your first experience. I don't know, but it was just
2: like, you know, so, but then I was kind of like, oh, this is great. Like, I don't have to do anything to you. Girl, eat up. You know, so (laughs) it was like, so, you know, I just kind of feel like it was that because then when it came to like doing it with the dildo, I was like, oh, no, like if I need penetration, like I'll just get myself a boyfriend, you know, Mm -hmm. so It was that, and then it was, like, talking to my friend who had, like, boiled her dildo, I like, her strap on, because I guess they do that for, like, sterilization. And then, like, as it cools down, it's still, like, warm and more, like, a little more flexible, I guess. And she, like, didn't let it cool down long enough until she burned her girlfriend's cookie. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, so it went from being, like, a ginger snap to looking like a chocolate chip cookie, I'm assuming, because it was, like, scorched. So I was just kind of like, they don't have heated ones. And she was like, no. You know, this ties directly into the Tinder thing. You would think that, like, there's a heated dildo mm-hmm. somewhere. And she was like, I'm a, like, unlike you, I'm a real lesbian. So I know they don't exist. And I was like, well, <laughs> they should. you didn't have to, like, throw a jab in there when you did it. But okay. So there should be. And at which point, Thanksgiving dinner and the elongated clitorises, my mom and I Googled heated dildos and we couldn't find them anywhere. We found heated nipple clamps. But that was it, you know, Mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, well, so it was that same month that I went and decided to, like, apply for the patents and, um, I made myself an LLC Mm -hmm. and, you know, just getting all the paperwork squared away and just kind of figuring out the design of it and my dad's brother designed my coils for me and just everything. Like, he's an engineer and he's a rubber expert, Mm -hmm. so that worked out in my favor, um, you know, he taught me the difference in like insulation and um, conductors, and like metal is a conductor, so it generates heat. Insul—you know, silicone is a insulator, so it's going to hold the heat. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure your coils are done like this, sheathed in this, because. So this what kinda- is your
1: line? Of- By the way, what's the name of your sex toy line?
2: My company is called Wet Coast Exotics LLC okay. because I plan on making women wet. Coast to coast, the wet coast. (laughs) Um, And the actual toy is called the Hot Rocket. Okay. And my anal beads are called the Hot Rocks. Um, And these are
1: already on the market?
2: No. I actually am securing new investment. Hallelujah. (laughs) And I'm going to get back into, um, you know, first season, halfway through first season. I lost my investor. Well, really terminated that relationship, dissolved the business. Relationship and was stuck halfway through, literally like a three D CAD design. Oh. So I have like half a dildo, with <laughs> like nothing in it from the Can't from like from like that. the balls up. So I don't even have like the tip. You know, they need that. You, you need really it. need that. <laughs> I literally point. just have like the base. It's just,
1: Okay, so you still are working on. So, those. yeah,
2: I'm going to get back into it. And people have to understand, like, I want to clarify this as well. Like, people have to understand that, pat on the back, humble brag, mm-hmm. that what I did has never been done. So, it's very much a trial and error. Mm-hmm. There is no heated dildo. And so. It's, and it's, I don't need
1: you burning people out here. right?
2: And, you know, it has to be approved by the medical board, surprisingly the FDA, because anything that, the you know, is consumed in any orifice of the body um, needs to be FDA approved. It's just, it's a lot that goes into it. Mm-hmm. And because I'm so smart, you know, I had half the work done when I found my designer. And he was just like, I can't believe that you figured all this out. You know, so... Between my patent attorney and the designer, I'm bound to win.
1: All right. Well, a lot of people will be excited when that releases to see how that works. What other upcoming products do you have really quick before we leave?
2: Really just myself. Me, myself, and I. And I am not shamed. You hear now? (laughs) Um, so, just the EP. I haven't even really come up with a name. I'm thinking about like hitting social media, Twitter, at Callie's World, K A L I S World, to kind of like see if the fans—I don't even like to call them fans, but supporters—can help me figure something out. So, just the EP, season two. That's pretty much it.
1: Okay. Well, we have a lot coming up. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. Okay, so. Your uh season, season two is happening when? Do we know yet? I do not. Not know? Okay, so we don't know when, but you guys stay tuned. It's coming soon. Love and Hip Hop season two. Your girl's going to be on there. And then we're also having a re-release of Boys in the Hood, August 14th comes oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Boys in
2: the Hood. You know what? Mm. Yeah. Boys it's, in the Hood. It's coming out. It's going to be I'm re-releasing it, but it won't be for purchase because I had a spat recently with my ex, Little Easy e so...
1: All right. Well, that's going to be available August fourteenth around yes. the time of Straight Outta Compton. So stay tuned for that. And then her EP releases in October. So Sex Toys EP. This girl has got a lot, you guys, going on. So yeah, he do it, Moniece. It was so nice chatting with you. Thank getting you. To know you. Thank and you. Keep in touch with us using the hashtag BHL. Next, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.